there's absolutely stuff out there, I promise. There's all sorts of weird shit that no one ever imagined uh, about all kinds of stuff that exists. Okay. Um, what, what are you, you talking about there? That was uh, a very interesting statement. What's up, everyone? Today I've got on the podcast uh, an old adversary of sort, Mr. Benny Glazer. We battled in, we probably battled online quite a bit, actually. And uh, we battled in the PPC that I happened to use magic and win, so it wasn't really fair. But uh, he's uh, won quite a few things in general, and since he's uh, won some online tournaments and he's won he's won five bracelets i didn't know that i, I didn't realize i was taking down a bit of a champion uh the entire time uh, yeah. but yeah he's won like 12 tournaments or so he's a bit of a mixed master and he's also got uh, some other talents too it turns out um what's up benny welcome to the show what's up Dan? thanks for having me Excited to be on. Yeah. So, how many bracelets? Ex- how many tournaments exactly have you won that uh, that are like title tournaments? I believe it's twelve, or am I missing some? In live or online? Both. I mean, I have t- I have twenty five championship online poker titles. Oh, I don't know why I only read like seven, but I don't know. Maybe there's. I, I won. I won seven in one series. I won just just oh, this oh. coup. I won seven in that series. Yeah. Oh. Oh holy shit! Yeah, that's quite a lot. That's hard to do. I've uh, I haven't won that many W coops. I don't know if I won. No, I've won one or two or something. Um, yeah. And what so what game? Huh? Well, I was just gonna say I have twenty five in total for that. Yeah. Oh okay. So it's, you're just playing all games. It sounds like. At, at, yeah, I won have... like the the seven, for example, in five different games, six six different games. This series, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, what's um, which game would you say? Would, were you ever? Did you ever have like a specific game that you really focused on, or did you just learn all of them at once? How did this work? Uh, I mean, like way back in the day, when I was very young. Like it was primarily No Limit, a little bit of Limit Hold'em, and then when I was about twenty twenty one, started moving into like PLO eight, and then kind of started from there basically learning all of them at once like steadily um playing like eight game and things like that and during the kind of eight game grind then yeah i devoted some time to each game individually uh just trying to become a better all-round player so there were like times where i was focusing a bit more on one or two games in particular um, I grinded things like Limit Hold'em a lot, like Heads Up Limit Hold'em Sit and Goes a lot back in the day. Um, so that and 08, probably I put in the most hands in, like, online. Uh, okay. Um, so how did you actually manage to learn all the different games? What did that process look like? Uh, do you have to be very special to learn them all? Yes. <laughs> also been considering asking you some of the questions actually um so maybe you could answer after i do too um i learned both through things like just uh 
experience volume, putting in as much as I can, uh, things like talking hands with friends, uh, I found very valuable. Um, obviously also things like, uh, you know, running equities online in whatever calculators I could find like 10 plus years ago. Um, those kind of things I was trying to do, like even like posting hands on forums, like two plus two back in the day, 10 years ago, uh, I used to go on quite a lot. Um, as well as things like watching, um, like final table replays, getting interested in those things. I used to always rail like the highest stakes online, like 10 to 15 years ago and kind of be analyzing all of the best players, what they were doing and, you know, trying to implement things into my game and like analyzing like that. Yeah. You sound, it sounded like you took a bit of a different route than I did. Mm -hmm. I, uh, but it, it sounds like it works. I, 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 I do think posting in forums is underrated a bit because probably some of the answers you can get, you can figure out which ones are actually good, which ones yeah. aren't. Um, I did not post in forums, but I did talk with multiple different people about various different games. I did not rail. Um, I didn't rail like the the TV series things. Oh, but I did do things such as look at specific things that high stakes players did in specific games, such as Limit 08, mm -hmm. because I tried to get someone to teach me for Limit 08, but I couldn't. It, it just didn't happen, or they wanted like some absurd price, and it's like, mm -hmm. no, I don't want to pay 50k or whatever <laughs> price that they wanted. Yeah. I forget what they wanted. It was something stupid. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, that for limited weight specifically, um, I ran some equities. Um, I, I looked at what other people did, which was there were a few surprises in there. Limited weight's pre-flop game is mm -hmm. works a bit differently from all their games. Yeah. Um, to me, study it's a little bit similar. And... Um, yeah, I mean, at some point, you know, I got, got a bit more adept with the software with that one. But every different game for me had a bit of a different route. Like, I focused on, I started with No Limit. Um, and, you know, No Limit's, like, totally solved. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, beaten to death. But you know, there, Limit Deuce is seven. I specialized in three games, to be precise. Mm -hmm. So I, like, was already basically pretty good at those three games but after that i put an individual effort into i guess plo is the third game plo yeah plo deuce to seven um and no limit i can tell you that there are various evolutions to my progress in these games and a lot of the times i worked with people that did not really get things right um so i ended up losing like quite a bit of money because of all that uh, sometimes with yeah. Deuce to Seven, for example, there's that's part of the process is you have to get things wrong a bit. But basically, like one of the teams I was with, Deuce to Seven, basically got a bunch of things wrong, even though we used all these calculations. Wow. And then eventually, I like stumbled my that's way. That's very into... interesting to me. Yeah. But... Do, did you not like have these sorts of evolutions where you're just like wrong and you were like you were helped by someone and you realize later this person was wrong? Like, what they said, we've got to change it. I that happened, to me, happened to me multiple times. It happened also in Stud. It happened to me not in Limit Hold'em. In Limit Hold'em, I found like the guy who was really good, pretty fast. Uh, and like there were Sims for that, so Limit Hold'em was easy. Can I ask Let's you see. that was? Um, it was one of the best. 
It was um, it was someone who was just like had some kind of software before mm-hmm. anyone else, basically, even for Ring. Um, I, and, I think uh, everyone is doing guesses, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they like coached kind of actively. I'm trying to think what where else. Um, actually, for I was yeah the the people that helped me were wrong, and specifically Stud, Deuce to Seven. It happened a little bit in PLO as well. PLO, the first people that helped me were not really right. Um, eventually, I had to re-change the way that I thought. It also happened... I don't think it really happened in other games, but a little bit study, I would say, that people were a little bit stupid. I would, um, But basically, the stud game specifically... Um, live players did some smart things and some dumb things, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I would say I got really lucky with a couple of the other games, though, mm-hmm. and that I, sh- I learned straight away some smart things that most people were not doing, and mm-hmm. it just went to pure crush mode for one of the games, especially, which is my secret weapon of sorts. Oh, I'm so interested in that. Pure, you can probably you guess know. which one it is. Um, it's, it's one of the other ones that we didn't mention. So, not in a single draw. No, no, no. But I, I, not, I, that was a little not weird. Hold on, then. Um, it's uh, yeah, I'll just let it exist. Um, oh, I should mention that I, in short deck, I did also get things wrong originally. Oh, okay. Um, it's it's not short deck, up. but I'm also right. like a better short deck than I am a no limit. Um. But, uh, yeah, short deck I eventually figured it out for myself. No one really taught me a short deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for that. Hmm? Yeah, I'd heard that you'd had, like, some solve of short deck, basically. Yes, there were definitely times throughout, like, my evolution where I was told things or, like, I thought, like, ex-conventional wisdom that I kind of found out that was reasonable but not, like, the best possible answer, you know, or like mm-hmm. X things didn't matter enough compared to outweighing pros in another area of looking at the game. So yeah, just like slight shifts and viewpoints like that. Um, can you give a couple examples? There were only there were only slight shifts. Uh, yes. So. Um... <laughs> thinking of like how secretive how to deep to go into the secrets um so for example uh shifts of like not having a four bet range in limit holdem let's say oh, oh okay i will give one secret of sorts for that one in that yeah. one thing you want to do in those limit games is you want to squeeze people a lot pre sure. which a lot of people still make the mistake of Currently, um, and I mean that's not that hard to figure out, but a lot of live players don't do that. Um, another one I'll give a secret of, which I don't think my adversaries will watch anyway. That's kind of obvious in my opinion is that uh, equities converge in a lot of these games, uh, if you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. I see people overcalling a lot in these spots where you can't overcall, and you just get like. F- 
out of this planet, like Raz, for example. Um, and it's just like, <laughs> you know, know them at, you get like really hard, really fast. And, and Raz, it's just like pure punt. And I see people do these like, kinds of things over and over. Um, but you, that's do you mean like an, one? Do you mean just like on third calling one bet, two bets cold, or yeah, something like that? I, I see people figure it out later on in the mat, in the game, uh, but not so much on third. I see certain people making these like third calls where clearly they're not thinking about things. Um, I'm trying to think of like a big shift for myself. Uh, I will, I'll say, like, when I began short deck, I was doing these stupid things because I thought there was enough equity, like, overcalling a 7 offsuit and, like, stupid stuff like that, or, like, 10-9 offsuit, where it's um, a bit of the same principle going on. Uh, mm -hmm. You can't really do that, or, like, limp calling. You can limp call wider than you can overcall in a lot of spots, basically, unless you're, like, yes. on the button and people just don't play that well or something along those lines. Right. I mean, so like you're talking like multi-way more specifically and realizing equity. So like, it, it, like yeah. in Raz, for example, you say like if you call uh, third as third person in or something, then you're just going to get squeezed on fourth and fifth too often. That you can't well, realize. Well, it's, it, it's not even that. It's just that your equity blows. Like, let's put it like this. So you can call a shitty hand versus a, a uh, you know, a a, a steal or whatever sure yeah. but you can't call a shitty hand versus two good hands because okay. now your your equity doesn't go up it goes down it's like you go from i never actually did the calculation but you know it has two hands now you have to be two good hands but i see people do this all the time with like things that have gotten no shot at all like you know some 10 or whatever mm -hmm. and there's just no way to win uh i mean there's similar things that happen in Stud eight or whatever, but the game is far more forgiving than um, Raz specifically, and 08 works differently as well. Yeah, I'd so say that's 08 fun. would be the most forgiving like that, but yeah, Stud eight's a bit less. Yeah, I would say 08's more forgiving in that way. I think Stud eight less so, but like I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. that's a that's a couple things. Um, with Deuce seven, a big thing was just uh, pre-flop was off in the beginning. Uh, Pre-flop's yeah. a big part of a lot of these games, including No Limit, for all my audience. Of course, yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I heard that you played against Deuce 7 bots as well. Be able to just say a bit about that? Played against Deuce 7 bots? Yes. Um, not... not not to my knowledge, I don't think I really battled any Deuce to Seven bots actually. If I did, they weren't very good, I can tell you that. Oh really? Oh, yeah. but I, I like I, I heard that you had something built for you that you were able to play against, like a machine. Oh. Uh no, that's uh, real random stuff. I don't know where you heard that. Oh no? Okay. Yeah, I And uh yeah, so I've let's talk more <laughs> Well people say lots of things. Let's talk more about you and your your endeavors and your twelve bracelet twenty five bracelets. Um, yeah, I, so, I'm really interested in that stuff, but I understand if you personally wouldn't want to divulge so much. But yeah, um, yeah. So let's talk more about more about Benny Glazer and what he's doing that's just crushing out of this planet. Uh, 
So, like, is there some kind of... Are there some things that are important to winning these tournaments uh, in mixed games online that maybe people don't understand, especially around ICM? Do you want to divulge anything along those lines? Uh, I can divulge a bit, yeah. I would say, like, certain things that I put quite a lot of thought into, specifically, like, um, short stack tournament play that I think I have found, like, some edges to be gained in certain ways for example like creating fold equity um i think is a big thing that i've uh thought of quite a lot in tournaments in every game um although that's like more about just like survival and potentially laddering as not as much as just like winning tournaments um winning you know there's things like uh experience like Knowing some of your oppositions, obviously the, the fields are a bit smaller in some of the mixed games, so you kind of know the player pool a bit more, um, okay. as well as just, you know, smaller fields are easy to win. Um, and, yeah, I think decent experience and uh, finding one or two, like, creative uh, lines and maybe some adjustments or exploits to make. Okay. Okay, it sounds like you know the players really well and you know how to adjust to them in um, in mixed tournaments, essentially just because you have a good read on them. It sounds, it sounds like a big thing. Often can be, yeah. Um, online, at least, and yeah, somewhat live too. But obviously it's a more diverse player pool live, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to give an example of how ICM might apply in a way that is unexpected? Um, for the audience, for beginner players in these kinds of fields? Hmm, a way that's unexpected? I don't necessarily know. Uh, well, it doesn't have to be... It can just be, like, some basic uh, that many people might get wrong. Um, for example, I mean, I can think of one myself. Like, I'm not really good at PLO ICM, but one thing that would be really important is that... Uh, Specifically, I don't know how much of a secret this is, but like later on when the final table uh, is going on and the pay jumps are very small, it's important to not too much with the to not mess too much with the short stacks because they um, can really get it in very light, and you have to open have to be a bit more conservative when you have like short stacks on the table, for example, especially if you're a middle league stack yourself. Um, but okay. it varies depending on ver other stacks because um, like medium stacks can be really in an awkward position for a while because they want to like jump off and have quite a bit of uh, equity in the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when it does get down to like the super shallow depth, then yeah, uh, agreed. Um, I was trying to think of one or two examples. I think honestly, most of them are kind of like kind of intuitive, but uh maybe you might want to think a little bit more in depth about or just like different perspective um i was just uh analyzing with my friend a particular like uh these the seven final table that i played um the the one i won for w cube and it's somewhat interesting in having to be a bit more selective with preflop as you uh also alluded to that um like obviously you just have to be tighter in some scenarios uh it's a game where you know it's kind of a bloodier game where hands rarely end like 
after one draw, right? And it rarely ends just on the flop for a small bet. You're often going to be kind of priced in to be calling at least one bet to try and see future streets. So especially if you're a shorter stack, then you have to be more selective in your opening hands that uh, you're essentially like might have to just get to the river where you're just getting odds, but it's going to be costing a lot of your stack. And in the same way as like defending blinds, even though like it's a normal chippy V defend or something, you're still going to have to be calling uh, future bets. So like realization as far as how uh, important it is to your stack um, is pretty valuable. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, for the audience, Deuce to Seven is a game where there's low edges, high variance. It's not quite as high variance as Potlum and Omaha, but it's um, very low edges and the equities run close. And basically, you don't want to be put in those spots where you have a bunch of, you know, uh, not so great hands where you're forced to bubble or you're getting close to bubble with um, stuff with close equity. Uh, so it's a game where you'd end up playing like a lot nittier than you might expect because of the way ICM works. If you're close to bubbling or like facing various pay jumps and that kind of thing, or facing losing lots of your stack where it has lots of leverage or lots of equity, excuse me, in um, you know later stage tournaments. So that's like one thing to consider. So it can really change the way that your game uh, can play. Um, and I do think that I mean, I think I mess up ICM a lot in tournaments, and I think that a lot of people probably are playing like total garbage in these mixed tournaments because uh, oh, you're smiling like you know something. Like no, I th I just smiled because you said total garbage, and <laughs> like I feel like that's a bit extreme, but it was just funny to me. Right. Well, just knowing the way that people make ICM mistakes in No Limit, it just seems impossible that people are going to all of a sudden magically figure out. Oh, here's how to play ICM and all these weird games that no one knows what's what's going on any, with anyway. That there's not really yeah. any like clear software out there for like who knows what kind of secret software there is bad, for bad some point. of this stuff. Yes. Yeah, that's just what I'm thinking. And I mean, there's been a number a number of things that people have just never gotten right over the years. Um, like the way that turns play in Limit Deuce to Seven is a little bit tricky in some spots. Yep. Um, people don't seem to understand the way equities work in those. Uh, mm -hmm. the equities are a lot closer than what people think they are. First, from it's a turns and just a seven, you already drawed two times, and now you got one more draw. And and uh, yeah, just people think like, oh, like one card versus two. It's you know, it's a simple spot. Nope, it's not. Um, and it can really vary a lot depending on the strength of ranges and, and you know if you go from two to one from just like starting from one draw is different um because now from if you go from two to one it's much stronger than or not much stronger it's quite a bit stronger than if you just start from one like things like that matter more yeah um and by the way i did think of something i could tell you regarding the software thing with short deck i was proud of this I was the first person to have a solver in short deck, but um, story around the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought the license so that no one else could buy it. I felt so wow. smart, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and then I like luck boxed it super hard and got like the stone nuts for it. Um, and then and then what happened was 
the the backstory of that was I got really hard in the beginning. So I just like flew to Manila one day, and we're normally playing No Limit Hold'em, and then all of a sudden they say, "Oh, got hey, what jungle? We're playing uh, short deck today. We're going to play high stakes short deck." And I'm like, "What? What do you mean? I just flew here to play." <laughs> Everyone's already started to play this game at enormous stakes, and it's a very soft game, but no one knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you know, normally people would put me in this game, but. I was garbage myself, so I could not play, and I I had to sit out of these games with these like massive VIPs yeah. uh, because like just no one gave me the warning about this, and I so just yeah. So when, when that was, was this? This was in uh, I think this was when in, in 2018, 2017. Oh, wow. Okay, well, uh, it's one of those years early on in one of those years. I remember the day. Because I swore vengeance by, by studying and uh, getting the Sims and all that stuff. I've been sucking for a while, but then eventually winning. Um, another fun fact was I made a million dollars in one week grinding the shit out of online um, online uh, secret app games in Short Deck. I was proud of that, too. Um, but that was my life. I was just like locked in a hotel room playing. Um, yeah, but I don't have 25, uh, yeah, I don't have anywhere near 25. I, I think I have, like, three max or something online tournaments. Uh, I want some. And, uh, it's not, I... Trade, trade them in for a, mi- a million dollars, but okay. Yeah, well, I'm sure you could do it. Just find short deck or find some soft whatever short deck there's there was quite a lot of money in that for a while i um yeah. i made a solver for uh short deck plo but i never used oh, wow. it okay um yeah wow you, you made it yourself or you no no i didn't uh but it, it was it was useless now i play the game i i got too aggressive in that one um yeah equities must be insane in that yeah, but yeah. probably the way things end up working is that there's still ways to f- them up. Uh, and, I mean, equities are pretty crazy in short deck, but there's all kinds of mistakes people can make because of the way that equities converge and because of the way that preflop just works, basically. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if people make the same mistakes or similar mistakes in um, short, deck, short deck PLO. Yeah. A comparison would be um, PLO and five card PLO. Mm-hmm. Um, do you play much five card PLO, six card PLO, any of that stuff? Not very much. Uh, a, a bit of five. I've looked into a few things, but very rarely, honestly. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, the the idea of equities converging uh, applies more so in five card and uh, six card PLO, I would yeah. think. Um, just because people usually overestimate hands at PLO. And um, I just don't see why that pattern would continue and that'd be a big source of leaks. But I don't really, I don't know a whole lot about either of those games, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's yeah. lots of money in them. Hmm? I know what you mean, yeah. I definitely could have devoted more time to that if I wanted to. Um, yeah, so I know what you mean, but trying 
enough as it is on the games I currently play to be messing around with those. Yeah. So, do you have any goals um, for poker as you play now? Um, do you have any? Is there any specific ambitions that you have? Nothing's like super strong. There, there are a few things that, uh, like, I I would love to accomplish um, if they kind of happen as a byproduct, as it were. Um, like, I'm still trying to get uh, W Coop or Scoop Player of the Series, um, something like uh, an EPT main event title would be awesome. That would be a goal of mine. Um, but there's nothing specific like there's no like X amount of titles or bracelets um, I still like enjoy kind of extending my lead as having most titles so I'll continue trying to do that um, same with like UK like most bracelets for example that's fun to me um People are saying I could chase like helmets titles for bracelets, which is like it's it's fun, but it's like it's not really a specific thing that I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to devote my energy to. You know, I'm still gonna kind of keep trying to play my best, and if that happens, then that's cool. Yeah. You could call them out and talk some shit. Like maybe that would be that could be fun to watch. <laughs> me, me and Elbeth have uh, talked a lot over the years. Oh, I've gotten some. <laughs> brawls with him not brawls but like uh, he, obviously he talks a lot of shit and he has to me a lot over the years and I do generally enjoy talking back to him and I often just like kind of dismiss him with just logic why he's he's being like irrational about certain thing and he ends up mostly just kind of admitting I'm right or something so it's like it's it's like fun to kind of mess with him in certain ways or sometimes I'll just kind of um, sort of play along and like I'll feel that you know like if he's just like being wrong about something I'm like okay maybe I don't want to uh, educate's a condescending word but like I don't want to like teach you know about like my strategy or whatever it is like something or like something he's saying is wrong so I just kind of let him be in his own world uh, but it's fun, like, just talking back to him. I've never been, like, super argumentative with him because I just, I know him and how he, he is, really. So often I just kind of let him do his thing. And I, I'm not, like, personally offended by it because, like, often, like, at other times he's just very complimentary about me, uh, like, both his oh, personal nice. and my game. Which, yeah. He, he's like that a lot, so I know when he's complimentary about me those other times and the times when he is heated or insulting me, I, I'm not like personally offended by it. So uh, I don't get like truly argumentative unless he's being like very out of line. So deep down, he's a Benny Glazer fan, is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And it's, it's not even deep down, honestly. He's like, oh. he's been very complimentary about me this year. Oh. Like, just, yeah. Oh, and on the surface. Okay, sweet. Yeah, he's like randomly been posting like congratulatory tweets about me and certain things, which like I had 
were unexpected to me. It's just like person like, oh, that's cool. Okay, thanks, Phil. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's cute. Uh, you know, you're um, uh, uh, what's the word? A contender in his eyes. If uh, <laughs> if you get the congratulatory message um, on the internet from Phil Hamuth, I've gotten one or two. Uh, feels good. Yeah. yeah so let's let's talk about uh, some of the other stuff you do. Apparently, you're not just a mixed game player, but you do some other things too. I didn't know that you do. Uh, you're very much into music, um, and uh, you do some martial arts as well. Uh, and you, apparently, you're also into positive impact, which is what the podcast is meant to be about, largely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't you talk about these other interests of yours? Do they take a large sure. place in your life? Uh, somewhat. Honestly, not as large of a place as I would like. Um, I still mostly dedicate a lot of my time and energy to poker. So a lot of things kind of go on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I did used to do some martial arts. I barely have in a, in a long time, really. Um, I would like to spend more time on those, but you know, things like it's difficult when I'm just traveling so much. Um, and unfortunately, same with music, I'm traveling so much. It's really hard to like, just take my electric guitar and amp to, you know, on a plane or wherever it is like for a couple of weeks all the time. So just unfortunately means I'm without it for a long time and even if I do have it, then it's kind of hard. Like I'm still spending a lot of my time and energy playing that like, you know, after a day of grinding, I'm kind of too exhausted a lot of the time. So I would like to be able to dedicate more time to music for sure. And yeah, guitar playing is still, it's basically my biggest passion. Um, and I think next year I'm, planning to try and carve a little bit more time out for it maybe traveling a little bit less with poker I've been going really hard the last year with traveling um so that in particular i would like to be able to have more time for yeah uh, yeah i will say that music was particularly challenging to uh, spend a lot of time on i thought i figured okay i'd do it eventually myself um mm-hmm. Music and martial arts. I um, I was doing some martial arts too, but I found it very difficult to like find schools to many of the places that I was traveling to because I wasn't quite good enough to practice on my own, and yeah. there weren't exactly martial arts tournaments. Like I don't know how you'd like spar if you travel. Like that would be something. I mean, if you found out a way to do that. That would be. I mean, you have to be quite good to be to spar safely, also. So there's like a few different hurdles to get over. Yeah. Um, for, for that one but I would think um, it's kind of strategic in the same sense that poker is I, I don't know how serious you were about it um, uh, martial arts not serious in a while uh, it was back when I was younger when I was taking oh, okay, okay. yeah okay um, yeah I would think uh, so I've heard talks of a poker band possibly uh, happening in the future I wonder oh. if <laughs> well, um, I believe Jason Kuhn was interested. I mean, he's got his time problems also. And yeah. I, I heard of a few others. I was interested as well. I have some musical talent, as it turns out. 
Um, As it turns out. <laughs> yeah. I can play the okay. piano. Uh, okay. But the problem with pianos is you can't take them everywhere. And you can't find them everywhere either. That's uh, part of the thing. I had this crazy idea to learn the flute, but I put it on the, the back burner. Um, but yeah, if there's a poker band forming, would you be interested in a guitarist role? Sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested. Yeah. There was another... Huh? Uh, okay. Well, I was going to say it's hard because like a band basically requires people to be in the same physical place most of the time, uh, which is like, unfortunately, why I've not really been able to be in a band for a while just because of traveling so much. Like I basically, you know, for practice, it's hard to do online. You can, but very sporadically, um, it's just better to be practicing in person. So if it was just like a fun project for like part-time, then sure, I'd be interested. But it, like as far as something to take more seriously, it's hard without people being in the same like location for a while. Sure, that makes a lot of sense. Um, all right, well, I may make this happen in the future when I have more bandwidth. I try, but I'm also extended out of my mind. So running a podcast and playing poker and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Uh, but yeah, do you find any of these kinds of things help you with your poker game? Do they help? Um, is there maybe uh, just doing any of them, them on your downtime benefit you in some kind of way? Or they're just things that you like to do? I don't know that they necessarily help my poker game specifically, but I think they just help my mental well-being often. Sure. That yeah that can then potentially like translate into how well I'm playing poker in some ways, um, or just like how well I'm, you know, coping with swings and rough days. I was kind so, of thinking of that, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I was thinking more like the mental game aspect, just because I can tell you that listening to certain kinds of music actually did motivate me quite a lot, especially as I was on downswings. But it would be kind of this um, defiant kind of music. It would be have a bit of an attitude frankly uh, okay so what are you talking about like hard rock type music uh actually um metal would be one example or tool it doesn't oh, nice. really yep. doesn't qualify quite as metal like things along these lines i'm trying to think what else um there's like, Ooh, like some yeah. angry like, attitude i get yeah um some some uh some that's more like theme music or like film music actually okay i don't know like something like han zimmer for example okay yes i've expected huh? like that to have an attitude i thought that's more like more calming really um it's more it's more inspiring is the word okay. yeah yes it doesn't have to be angry more like defiant is the the adjective that I would use um, huh. because angry isn't always angry. Angry has like, like more, more like edge to define. It can be kind of rough. If you know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's my musical analysis, but usually uh, the music would have something more of like an inspiring undertone. Okay. Interesting. I, I guess I associate like, inspiring and defiant as almost like different things so i'm curious how 
defiance inspires you, I guess. Well, in poker, it's I think it's kind of simple, straightforward. Like in poker, there's a lot of times where things just don't go your way, and the only way mm-hmm. to change those is to be eventually defiant of the way reality really is, right? Until it changes, and so you kind of have to have some kind of like resistance or like um, will or whatever you want to call it to move those kinds of things. I mean, it's the same thing in, in real life as well. Does that make sense? Honestly, no, I think I would have expected you to say like, to, to be able to be more accepting of things like, um, that, you know, things that aren't going your way that you might not, not be able to control. So being like, angry at something that you can't control trying to de- just defy variants that you have no control over that resistance to that i think causes more internal problems and i actually had that in the past where i'm like not being able to accept like some thing that's not in my control and wishing it was different and that just causing more like anger or like in a turmoil like that you may be on to something uh actually I will say that if I failed a lot while I was doing something, the kind of music that I would listen to would be more along the lines of what you're talking about, of something more about acceptance, where, you know, maybe that's like a better way of dealing with things now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, Because, like, I mean, constantly, like, battling the way things are, that is kind of... I could see how that would be exhausting. It's exhausting, yeah. I'm kind of surprised you haven't, like thought about this before frankly yeah. uh i i think i have thought about it before but it but maybe more recently as more along the lines of defiant like i actually before we were having this podcast i was going through some shit that was like really messing with my head um and uh mm-hmm. the general theme uh, it found it to be uh what's the word placating um something like i don't know it felt good to listen to music that tended to be Along the lines of, uh, I mean, there's an element of acceptance in there too, an element of like, this is the way things are in there. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe you're onto something. I had this crazy idea, like maybe I should like listen to more. Uh, I do like spiritual music too, so I thought, okay, maybe I'll listen to more like softer stuff and like take out a bit of the extra edge to things. Uh, so maybe you're uh, influence me influencing me so what kind of music do you play let me know how that goes i'll be interested if you try uh personally like for for guitar like it's somewhat different to what i listen to sometimes so like when i'm playing um i enjoy like challenging and advanced things like i play to uh a pretty high level so i like oh, really seek out yeah I, i've like played guitar since i was six oh, so sure. I can play most things and uh, so I generally like seek out things I find to be challenging or interesting so a lot of that might be like guitar oriented music like uh, instrumental stuff so a lot of kind of rock or metal or, or progressive things like that which often are musically interesting or you know have like more guitar solos for example that I can learn and enjoy playing things like that oh so, really uh, yeah. So, oh, maybe you can uh, play some of the stuff. Uh, I, you're familiar. It sounds like you're familiar with a lot of stuff that I'm familiar with. Like I listen to a lot of mm-hmm. underground uh, stuff, 
and I, at least when I was younger, I would seek out like advanced, uh, you know, guitar playing to, to a fair degree, to the point it was like kind of obnoxious, frankly. Um, many of the audience won't know what the hell we're talking about, I think, but what's some of the stuff that maybe some of them would know that you can, you could play? Like what's like a well-known guitar solo that would impress people. That sounds really cool that you can play. I could play m most of them, to be honest. I'm trying to think really? of anything like I can play like most, I don't know, well-known things like most Metallica solos. Mm -hmm. I'm like trying to think of things that would be impressive. I don't know, I can play like all the, let's say, Sweet Child of Mine guitar solos, like these kind of things that like the famous solos for sure that I've definitely learned a lot over the years. Uh, I can play most of them or uh, learn most of them pretty quickly yeah that, that's pretty crazy uh well metallica people would be familiar with i was thinking more of like the spin-offs of uh dream theater would be not that hard to not that crazy to know about or you know that kind of yeah. shit um there's Liquid some of the potential experiment that's that's pretty <laughs> i was thinking of that one specifically yes that one's crazy but that's very hard uh so one of the toughest solos that i've played a lot is uh, Innocence Faded by Dream Theater. That's um, one of my favorites. And one or two others, there's Take the Time uh, by Dream Theater. Um, but yeah, they're very challenging. Yeah, so that's like right around the level where I, like, I have to dedicate more time to mastering those if I want to. Oh, oh well, wow, okay, shit. We need uh, Benny Glazier for this band thing for being sure i need to step my, me my piano if game yeah yeah well you gotta make if this thing happen, happen. Let me know. yeah it sounds like it won't be hard for you i don't know how good the other people are like one of them was uh i forgot the other high stakes player's name but uh, we'll see if this band happens i i personally want to do some shit but i just, just can't justify the time yeah. to put in i can't justify like with all the time i'm spending to put in to okay now i'm gonna learn a musical instrument like what the fuck? <laughs> like, um that's too yeah. bad. I, I have one or two other like poker playing friends as well that we've talked about stuff over the years that like trying to like have a jam, for example. So like, it's not out of the realm, but like just to have a jam, something I don't know about having an actual band. But yeah, I'd be interested. And in there are one or two friends as well. Uh, I don't know if you know, but like I have a friend who plays drums uh, a decent level. Um, Brandon Jack Harris, also a good friend of mine, plays guitars very well, also plays piano. Um, yeah, thanks for that. Oh, how about that? I didn't know he plays. He plays this kind of stuff. Yeah. That's cool. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, then maybe there's something there. I wonder if uh, there could be something that could do something interesting with the poker world. Um, sure. Well, what else occupies your time? Um, I did. I did uh, hear that you were interested in positive impact. Uh, what areas do you focus? In what ways do you do that, or do you give back, uh, make so, do something positive, and why? Actually, what's your motivation? What um What did you hear about, for example? I feel like I heard something about you teaching. Uh poker. I'm mistaken. I mean, uh, well. Poker, I, I coach, but it's uh, not in a 
volunteering way. I mean, I charge, but I do coach and that is actually something that I do enjoy and find very fulfilling. So um, that is really something that I enjoy uh, seeing my students progress and then like they come back and they're like, you know, I'm feeling better thanks to your t coaching and uh, I've really seen these improvements here and here and I'm like, you know, really happy that from your coaching I've seen all these improvements and that's that's really nice for me to always hear. I really enjoy that. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's one way to do it for sure. I actually think um, it did occur to me that poker, teaching poker does, it's, it does essentially cultivate a lot of positive virtues in people, um, mm. even though people view it as predatory quite a lot. I don't think that that's really true. I mean, no more predatory than like teaching someone to like become successful at something someone else's mm. expense. Um, I did like, for example, the just just now in Cyprus where I just came back from, there was a Poker Stars a women's boot camp that they did. So mm -hmm. I did uh, do a talk for them, and like they had a Q and A with me, and that was cool to to help out. They they all like enjoyed that, and then when they had their tournament the next day, then I like be trying to rail and try to give them advice there. For example, um, yeah, and that was fun. Oh, okay. Oh, you're actually the one of the recent people that have been doing um, lectures for this or helping out with with these women's boots camps. What did you talk about? Is there any theme? Um, well, I had like some ideas going into the talk, but I was basically just prepared to answer all their questions. So their questions oh. was kind of a bit different to what I was expecting. Um, they're they're a bit on the newer side but there's um like different levels of experience to each of them so i was kind of answering different questions um it was overall a bit more strategy based honestly just things like open sizes or like you know tournament play for example yeah. oh. oh okay some fundamental stuff it sounds like somewhat yeah um yeah, so those were a bit newer in particular. There, there are one or two who are a bit more experienced, but yeah, it's generally like people that for that who had kind of qualified for the tournament. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, well, is there any other uh, ways that you give back or that you actually actively focus on, or, or is, it, is it all just poker related? Um. I think it's probably mostly poker related i mean like i donate to charities sometimes that like i don't you know broadcast yeah. that kind of stuff um like aside from that i honestly don't have a ton of like time really these days right now to be devoting more time to that stuff but i also would like to in the future i do still find it fulfilling yeah yeah, um, I found the uh, journey into positive impact to be not that simple. Um, for me, I always beg the question, well, how do I make the biggest positive impact? Uh, because like if you give, I found like, well, you can give someone something, but you can also give them more. 
Um, and if you have the money, like they can waste it or they can not use it wisely, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It actually is a lot more complicated than people think. It, it, it was like a whole research thing in and of itself. Um, I will say, yeah, yeah, it does take some time. Uh, also figure out which charity to donate to, if they use the money in a, uh, in a smart way. Yeah. Um, ultimately, I'll say that the conclusion also that I came to also came to the conclusion I came to also required a lot of time, which is making something equivalent to businesses um, that do something positive, such as this, uh, or whatever you want to call this. This is like a thing that is creates a reoccurring, it's meant to re- create a reoccurring positive impact. So yeah, it can take really a lot of time and creativity. Mm-hmm. Creativity, Music, I think, actually is one of those things, by the way. Uh, it's, hmm. that's what you're really into so it'd be really interesting to hear to see some Benny Glazer solos yeah I mean I do put them out like on social media every so often oh really um, mm, yeah on like Instagram for example I've been putting so that's something like this yeah I've been trying to do a bit more um, haven't really in the past because part of me finds it a little bit weird if it's just like it feels a little bit just showing off kind of things like here here's this cool solo i played sort of thing but um isn't that what instagram is for isn't isn't that wait what am i missing something (laughs) somewhat yeah at least for some people i don't know part of me still feels a little bit weird just like a little bit uncomfortable about the kind of like this is that so um but like i i know people um enjoy it and people have been encouraging me to do it more and that kind of stuff uh it doesn't necessarily like come naturally to me honestly um but i've been doing it a bit more and uh, like i've enjoyed the positive feedback and the positive like encouragement and reinforcement is nice so i've yeah been doing it more and it feels like it's a bit more just uh relatable to people when i'm just like showing myself in a just more myself in a more vulnerable way even so it feels like it's just a more kind of uh relatable in a human way to people which is nice you know Mm -hmm. and yeah builds connections and things like that yeah there's something that universally people can appreciate which is nice so you don't need like the the actually kind of arbitrary barriers of language quite a bit there's a lot of like hidden barriers whereas i feel like there aren't too many negative ways that music can be misinterpreted. Uh, at some point, I'd like to study it to understand it more, just because it's like kind of, I don't know. It's, so, it's like almost a strange thing that it, it exists in my mind, but that's another topic. No, do you know what I mean? Because... Sorry, I, I'm interested in that in that thought, though. I think... Well, just, yeah. uh, You think it's a strange thing that humans have, have thought of this? construct more like how do I explain it my thought is basically why does this like exist at all because it's like a different version of communication where it's a bit more primal in a way that it communicates directly to your emotions Um, and it's not like yeah uh I mean, that's basically the thought is like, what the fuck? 
um, supplies. Yeah, I, th I think that's what makes it amazing, frankly. I think that's what makes it so incredible. I mean, a friend of mine once said, like, the noises we make with our mouths <laughs> that affect, like, people so much, uh, like, so many people, like, all over the world, uh, like, so emotionally. And it's just, like, such a simple, pure thing um, that, you know, essentially makes something amazing. And, yeah, I love it for that. Well, it is uh, kind of a magical thing. I don't know a whole lot about it, so I can't talk about it too much more than this, unfortunately. Even though there's, like, some kind of math to it, um, we'll, we'll revisit when the ban happens, okay? So we'll get the, we'll get the uh, some band kind going. Of, there's some kind of math to it? There's math to music, uh, you didn't know that. Well, it depends what kind of math are you talking about, like frequencies or... Well, it's just the way that the melodies work is, is you know, there's, there has to be a math to it. It's basically just mathematical patterns. Well, I, I mean, are you talking about scalic things? Because those are, again, like constructs of cultures, like Western scales are different to like certain Asian scales, for example. So. If you're talking like intervals in certain frequencies that we've created, then that's a mathematical thing. But that's, yeah. Uh, I mean that to some extent. I mean like the frequency, uh, the speed at which things are played, uh, the 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 um, what's the time scaling um, is what I'm referring to, I believe. I mean I'm not an expert at this point. I'm like kind of speculating, but like I know for a fact that melodies uh, exist because of just like um, just. You know, there's a mathematical pattern between them. That's why you know they sound well because they they uh, they somehow like speak to the motion through whatever mathematical arrangement is between those notes. Um, sort of. I think may maybe work on those thoughts and okay. refine them because I think like scales, for example, they're. Uh, the scales that we know as a western uh society are kind of something that we've developed like there are other as i said like asian scales are like how they're like microtonal for example that have like lots of tiny tones that are different for us to hear um the scales that we know are just like more pleasing to us because largely because of familiar familiarity actually just really? because they're in lots of songs yeah that's strange to me. I, I can tell you, I like lots of what Eastern scales. I don't know about other people. Like, mm -hmm. I like them a lot of the time more than, uh, you know, Western ones. To be honest, like, I, I don't mm -hmm. know. Uh, this, this I, mean, I didn't know. Like the, huh? The, the human ear likes to hear things that are familiar and like pleasing things. So they're like, you know, patterns and things that they understand and are familiar with. Like the ear, like and brain, like seeks patterns and be like, oh, I've heard this before. This isn't. You know, that's just more generally pleasing than, for example, more microtonal stuff, which is yeah, a bit uh, more challenging for the human ear to understand. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, um, a couple things. One thing is, I've always wondered why my musical taste is different than other people's. I don't know what's up with that. It's maybe an autism thing. Another thing is, if you have some books or research about this, I'm happy to read at some point. Although it definitely delves into a topic where I just don't. Like, really, it's, it goes pure into spice fill. Uh, I hope it'll be useful in some kind of way. I, it's like this total um, pivot from a lot of the stuff that I happen to use my time for. But uh, I read yeah. plenty. I've got time for reading. I read on airplanes and things like that. Um, 
I got. I don't think I have any specific note. I want like you just have an interesting brain. So I just wanted to get your thoughts in it in general. Um, I don't think there are like specific reading material on this that I know, but I know it like absolutely exists and probably wouldn't be too hard for you to find if you wanted to look into it. I, uh, I, I, you know, I have enough on my plate already, but eventually I'll find it. There's absolutely stuff out there. I promise. There's all sorts of weird shit that no one ever imagined. Uh, about all kinds of stuff that exists. Okay. Um, what, are you, what are you talking about there? That was uh, a very interesting statement. Well, for example, I mean, I can tell you about some of the other stuff I'm reading about, like, for example, the effects of geography on history. If you look into history in general, there's all sorts of crazy stories and all sorts of reasons why, like, the things, uh, the way they are, are the way they are. You can see, for example... Um, various uh, turns in history that have happened and you can see that actually there's lots of like variance in the courses of history and in fact a, a a thing that's been going on lately that is interesting is essentially because of like the baby boomer period we were on like uh, a big upswing and we've basically been on like a party period for a long time um like one of the best points in history for a long time and now like things are starting to catch up where now we have to like get our shit together um again like history goes through these kinds of periods all the time and you can see a lot of the reoccurring the events that occur now like debates over you know gender and like you know like the uh, splitting of the classes and all this kind of stuff this all happened in other kinds of points in history and it looks like a little bit like america looks a bit like rome in many ways um in fact many of the um you know, like the Romans' tolerance for uh, religions, for at least they uh, tolerated for a while, actually uh, uh, predated American ones. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff, specifically in history, just that people never imagined all kinds of crazy stories, all kinds of periods of history, all kinds of crazy things people did. Um, there's books about movements I thought were I found were interesting. There's lots of patterns in that. Um, what else? Uh, there's quite a bit of evidence of magic kinds of things, but it's really hard to prove. There's just many um, strange occurrences in history. You're laughing? Okay. Well, it's just a very vague statement that's quite fantastical. Magic, I, like, I don't know. Just say the word magic. Like, it's, I don't know what to think. <laughs> well, I don't know what to think either. I read these stories and I'm like, what the absolute f is going on? Um, <laughs> that's what I read. Uh, one I'll give, for example, let's see, what's a good one? I mean, the whole story of, like, Buddha is kind of crazy. Um, I mean, he didn't even, like, believe in, he didn't even, like, he considered the question of the, the existence of God, for example, to be not a non-question. But allegedly, he, um, he... To be a non-question because he was so adamant it was a true statement of his existence? No, that's not why. It's because um, it looks, it's just like, it's more like a label for the way things work, basically, is my understanding. Um, and it's like, kind of, it's just, in some ways, unimportant to think about things like that, I think was the way that he was getting at. Um, okay. Like the analogy he would give would be like if someone fires an arrow um, at 
at least for other sorts of situations, it's like, it'd be like asking what kind of color is the arrow and like how many feathers it have, like these kinds of questions. Um, I have to think of precisely what he referred to there, but uh, he was like extremely pragmatic in the way that he did things to keep them like as simple as possible and like straight to the point. He didn't like to engage in like pointless like uh just pointless philosophizing like that kind of thing mm -hmm. um what else uh there's books about um the number of the golden ratio there like i found a book about that there's books about uh the ways to use words in a more captivating kind of way there's um i mean things like that i would say like a just finding out research about info i i guess uh, class magic is a more different thing like that if uh, it seems like you've been exploring things that cannot be explained or you know well I'm exploring whether they can be explained or whether they're real or not uh, well, I read some books that were complete I, I don't really think I don't really believe in them too much or at least I read them a bit for example I read a book um what was it? I read a book about, uh, what was it called? This conspiracy theory thing of like the Lemurians that apparently they've, uh, they've taken up shelter. You ever heard about this? The, uh, some aliens, uh, no, excuse me, not aliens, but people that lived on a continent, I don't know, like, um, however many tens of thousands of years ago, I get kind of confused about the time zones. Apparently they disappeared completely like 12,000 years ago and supposedly they took up shop in this place called Mount Shasta and like apparently if you meditate in the right way you can communicate with them and if you're pure of heart enough I can't make this up dude like, you can't make this shit up sounds like you could be but go on <laughs> I, I, I'm really skeptical because I'm sitting here reading this book and saying why can't you just prove that you're real for sake like if you're so advanced um but, uh, yeah, like, apparently you can communicate with them. Maybe there's some kind of reasons. There's just nothing ever... There was a, a continent on Earth that existed tens of thousands of year ago, years ago that no longer does. Something like that. It's more like it gradually shifted away. I don't really get it myself. But, um, yeah. These, these are not things that I thought I would be talking about on this interview. <laughs> well, you asked, man. You asked about what sort of weird shit is out there, so I had to oblige. Anyway. Fair. We'll bring it back down to Earth and stuff that definitely is real. Um, okay. Do you want to travel all this much? Is that like something that's a goal of yours, or are you just try? Are you just trying to explore everything? You're just going after money. What's what's going on here? A bit of both. Um, obviously, I do think it is generally lucrative. You know, live poker lucrative in general. Um, so there is some money aspect there. Um, a lot of it is kind of like the same stops that I'm going to, for example, for the EPTs. Um, so the traveling side of that, I don't find as fun or interesting anymore, just cause I'm like seeing all those places I've seen seven times before. And, you know, often I'm not spending extra time in those places to do fun things and being tourists. I'm just like stuck in a casino or poker room most of that time uh so like the traveling itself not necessarily enjoyable 
the social side of it, I do enjoy like for the EPT, like I'm seeing all my friends at all the stops and that's a lot of fun. Um, so that I still enjoy and is a reason why I do it um, just for the social aspect. Um, I enjoy seeing new places um, and I'm still trying to do that. Um, I'm actually planning to go next month to Thailand for the first time. Oh, nice. Yeah, and that's sweet. Yeah, so I'm mostly excited for that. I've been still also kind of apprehensive because I'm mostly going alone and I'm planning to do some interesting things there. Actually, like I'm planning to go to a fitness boot camp whilst I'm there. Oh, really? For example. Is it a martial yeah. arts one? Is it just like general fitness or what's yoga? What is it? It's that one is primarily fitness. Um, I might also be going looking at in another kind of more meditative retreat there, uh, which is a bit different, but um, yeah, so I think that could be would will be cool. I'm planning to travel around there quite a lot. That's just for holiday, basically, uh, considering after that going to Vietnam also for the first time. Where there is also a poker tour happening there, um, which I'm trying to do as like a new experience. Like hopefully it's also going to be profitable. Um, you know I've heard it's a good event, but yeah, that is something that uh, is interesting for me. Um, hopefully it will enrich me as a person, allow some growth to, you know, see new cultures and experience like all those kind of things. I'll be there for quite a while. So that's something I'm excited for. Um, yeah, as far as other travels, I don't think I'll travel quite as much as I have been um, like this year in the future. I think it can be fun, but it's, it's often exhausting, really. And basically for the last almost year and a half I haven't had like a home base oh, to yeah. be living which has its like freedom and cool things but also just makes some things difficult and uh, I do enjoy like the kind of comfort and security of like having a home base that you can come back to so uh, I'm thinking next year that's something I'll probably get back to yeah yeah, that is one thing that I realized from traveling too much. I specifically picked a home for those exact reasons. It, like, it affected a lot of things um, in my life. And, um, yeah, basically I realized uh, you miss out a lot of things when you travel a lot. But you still, I mean, it's still pretty good. And you do get to see lots of places. And I'm a little surprised you don't explore outside of the casino too much. It's a very odd decision. <laughs> no, I, it depends on where it is. I I do try to. Uh, I mean, one issue is just like I play everything basically, so I'm busy almost every day at like basically all the stops. Mm -hmm. So I can't really take time off during the festival. I'm basically playing every day, so it's just like I'd add a couple of days after or before the festival. Um, but yeah, so in the cities that I've been to a lot before, like Barcelona or somewhere, then these days I, I'm not really adding extra. Somewhere a bit more interesting, for example, like Bahamas this year, I did like take a few extra days before then to mm. chill on a beach, you know, and enjoy that kind of stuff. So it, it depends where it is. And if it's somewhere 
either new or just somewhere that I enjoy, then yeah, I do still add a couple of extra days to enjoy them. I would imagine a lot of the audience would uh, really like to be able to travel. I actually should to look into it and see where they're all at, but most people usually don't get the opportunity. For them, I think it would be, I mean, probably in the beginning, it was like a lot of fun and amazing where you get to travel to all these opportunities. And eventually, yeah, anything, the grass is always greener if you get used to things. Um, but um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I know that there's a bunch of locations opening up for travel. There's um, for poker, there's, I know that there's Brazil sometime um, mm. coming up in January. So I still haven't been to Brazil. There's Uruguay uh, coming up actually from ACR. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware, but that's uh, piqued my interest. I did not. Oh, that's uh, a cage or something, right? Is yeah. That again. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's in Brazil? Um, I'm not 100% sure. I need to find out more information. Mm -hmm. uh, there's. I've been just. I've never been to Brazil, but I would like to. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to go to Brazil too, for lots of reasons, and. Um, I haven't been to South America yet. There's Costa Rica coming up. Huh? There's some... Well, I said me, me neither to South America, so I would still like to. And Costa Rica also piqued my interest. Another place I've never been to, but would like to, yeah. Yeah, Costa Rica is supposed to be positive vibes. And uh, yes. just to be... Yeah, lots of people like it. Hermita, yeah. And maybe I'll go exploring there and in South America. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are some so ideas. Huh? Like January, I'll add that to my list of possible stops. Brazil and January, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, if I find out more, uh, I can let you know. Uh, there's also another, there's a couple coasts. Costa Rica, I think, will be next year also. Um, there's uh, this Australian poker tour that I happen to go out to. I'm in Sydney right now. Uh, it was pretty mm -hmm. good. I still think it was the right decision, even though games didn't go as much as I thought. Um, there's going to be more stuff in like Perth and these other kind of random places in Australia. It should be cool. exciting. Um, one fun fact is I learned that there's giant spiders here, uh, which I have not seen yet. Uh, I don't know if I want to see them, but uh, yeah, yeah probably like... not. <laughs> probably do not want to see them. Yeah, but I I know that that's definitely a thing in Australia. Uh, I, I do love Australia. I've only been to Melbourne, though, uh, which is one of my favorite cities, but I would love to explore it more. Um, yeah, only ever went there for the Aussie Millions. Would love it to somehow return somewhere else in Australia. Uh, yeah, and would plan to go there sometime, possibly next year. Definitely would recommend avoiding spiders from everything I've heard from various people in Australia, yeah. Oh, they're not actually dangerous, these big spiders. They're, but they can freak you out if you're like driving and like one like crawls on the windshield. And apparently, like, yeah, that's uh, that happens and people like crash because of this. Oh wow! Yeah, so yeah. that's um, something I didn't know about. There's lots of snakes and stuff, but otherwise, Sydney's amazing. Um, we're running a bit out of time here, but I'd like to know um, also what. Uh, do you, having won so many bracelets and all of that, do you get a bit of recognition? Um, uh, do you get a bit of re recognition from from all this? Uh, do you, have you gotten the fame treatment? Uh, yeah, um, 
I guess it depends to like what extent you're talking about. Um, obviously, like at the World Series, for example, is different to most places. Like, do a lot of people know who I am there? Uh, especially, for example, there, like a lot of people would have me on their fantasy teams, for example, and be rooting for me. So that's cool. So I enjoy like that kind of experience. Um, I've had, you know, EPT success too. So a lot of those stops is fun. Um, but like, it depends where else in the world. Like there are some other places in Europe where not many people know me, which is like, okay by me. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think like last year at the end, I went to the Netherlands for the first time and not many people knew me and I was like, okay, just, just chilling. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I guess it depends what you mean by it, the fame treatment, but yeah, I'd still have whatever it is. Someone wants to take a photo of me sometimes or yeah, but it's fun. I generally enjoy it. Yeah. I was thinking how many bracelets do you have to win to get the Philomie treatment? or something equivalent uh it definitely depends a lot on where you go um, yes i'd say it also just like depends on the type of bracelets as well like what bracelets you win like just win for example like only the main event for example then obviously infinite more people know you like whoever like espen for example like immediately way more people knew him than knew me um so it, it depends on what just out of publicity for things mm -hmm. um and i think for, for example my recent uh run at the the win world championship also like helped with that a lot just because of like pure publicity of that that i think helped more than like my bracelets which you know didn't get much publicity not many people knew about yeah hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense of course uh, I find it varies a lot per place, really a lot. Like mm -hmm. sometimes it depends on the arrival and stuff. Then I don't know. It's not that that's all it's cracked up to be, really, um, from my experience. But whatever, it's, it maybe depends on the person. Uh, well, anyway, what, what about you? Well, there's a few things. Uh, I did go to, I did get the Philomena's treatment in Georgia. They put my picture like on the side of a building. Which is kind of crazy. They got they got that to happen, and you know, uh, I was treated like some kind of poker celebrity. Um, well, I was. So there was that. Uh, you know, they showed me all around Georgia, and I mean, Georgia's pretty cool of a country. You should play poker in Georgia. I got to play a guy yeah. for hundred k, so that was nice. That was not a pro. It was a legit game. I don't get cheated that much, actually. I'm pretty sure I don't get cheated. Like I've been even cheated like every once in a while but not mm -hmm. not that much by like random people i meet in these countries man um uh cross cross my fingers as far as i can tell uh usually cool. yeah. let's see where else uh here here went pretty well i would say i got i was more famous than i thought i was here in vegas i uh, get you get a lot of those guys come up to you there um there's loads of places where every once in a while I'll just meet some random fan. Like I met one in like Montenegro. It's really random places. Um, it's kind of cool to make connections with people in random places, to be honest. Like India's pretty good too. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a unique and what a, huh? think about it. Huh? I was going to ask, and what do you think about like the people you play against as well? Uh, like, for example, like when we played or something, like you, you didn't know anything about me really. And then you like you found out my screen name on like the last day, and then still didn't really know and didn't know anything about my life. Your your name yeah. seemed like a good adversary for Macho Man Dan. I will say that you say, you sounded like uh, a good uh, substitute for Tito Fantana, Benny Glazier. <laughs> what did you think of that whole final table? Um, uh, I was like. That final table, I think, if I recall correctly, was kind of tough. There were some like surprises there for sure. Uh, like the one guy ran a really animal bluff that worked, I believe. No, it didn't work actually. The Japanese dude, that was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing I remember. I remember getting in the nuts against you at a huge pot. That was nice and threw a pot. I rec- I rec- recommend that as a good mixed game strategy. Great strategy. Great strategy. Um. People talk to me about their hands so much. What the f- was there to talk about? Like, I, you didn't believe me. You're playing against a guy who has a container on his neck and is saying ridiculous things, and uh, he has it or he doesn't. Like, what do they even say? Yeah, I mean, like, people are, like, building a lot of, like, meta about it, part, partly because of... You or like psychology or like the history of the final table so far. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? I mean, I did. I did not want to have bluffs. So I'll tell you that. Uh, like, I don't know what the meta was. <laughs> See, this is why I do these things. Because now there's a meta game because I'm fucking your man Dan. And, uh, <laughs> and I got the towel out, and it's, it, you know, maybe there's some tears being shed, and then uh, the, <laughs> I got a cape, and <laughs> the, uh, I don't know what the metagame is. Um, <laughs> well, I'm enjoying how much you, it's amusing you, but, like, for example, there was a hand before that where, also, don't have a single draw, I three bet uh, a pack queen, big blind versus button. And then like showed it down versus you, which you were very displeased about, and you were like, "Betty, I'm gonna get you for that. I'm gonna, you're gonna pay for that. You're gonna be so unhappy, you know, oh. like that stuff." As if yeah, like something I don't know how much is just like your random talk somehow, or like how much is like actual like weighted or planned well, into your future thing. It was planned to bring the belt to the um. To the final table, the, the first ever WSOP belt, and uh, the, yeah. the you know the cape was planned. I mean, all that was planned. The towel was planned. I looked that one up. Uh, it turns out there there may or may not have been some advanced meta game going on when I dressed up as Macho Man Dan in that hand and happened to have the nuts against you in a pivotal. Don't want to divulge, uh, but <laughs> and if you could have reason not to fold, and then. Explain to me later that the metagame was well. I knew you couldn't be completely insane after you showed up with a chain, f-ing a pail with some towels in it, and these ridiculous glasses, and a cape, the red savage. 
Like, you couldn't be that crazy. You could be crazy enough to bluff here. Like, you had to, like, have some point where you're, like, playing serious. So, I mean, if you folded for that reason, you would have tilted me out of my mind. I will tell you that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I would have had some bluff serve for sure. I can tell you that. Anyway, would you like to... Uh, is there anything you'd like to advocate or you'd like to uh, leave the podcast uh, saying... Uh, Anything else you'd like to say before we wrap things up? Not especially. There's there's nothing that I really want to plug. I think we've covered a lot of things that I might have potentially wanted to say. Anything? So, uh, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed the pod or at least found things interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um... All right. Well, yes. Thank you for your time, and uh, until next time, maybe you'll get another shot at winning the the Poker Players Championship belts. Uh, until we form the band, or until we form the band. Yes, uh, and keep the band in mind. And the music, yeah. research, of the patterns, all the forms. Uh, Sounds good. Okay. Well, right. Thank you for your time, Eddie.